The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. ever thought about why people act the way they do? Why are some people more difficult to deal with, while others are always pleasant? Let's find out together. Welcome to Human Behavior. What a trip. Your host is Dr. Jonathan Brower. Our program combines expert guests with people just like you who have questions or comments. We'll have fun exploring human behavior. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jonathan Brower. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Jonathan Brower. My show is called Human Behavior, What a Trip. And we literally have a trip today, which you'll find out more about in a couple of seconds. Well, maybe 10 or 20 seconds. So my guest today is a man, his name is Kirk Sinclair. And uh, he did something that most of us would never do. Uh, in May of 2010, if I have my yeah, no, May, Thank you. May 2011, he and his wife embarked on hiking across the United States, 5,000 miles, and uh, they had a good time. There were some you know, rough times, but overall it was a great experience for them. And he's, uh, he calls himself, fittingly so, the hiking humanitarian. And he's a humanitarian, but in particular, his uh, focus is really on finding kindness in people, finding people who are kind. And so uh, we're in for a big adventure. Welcome to the show, Kirk. Thank you very much, Jonathan. It's a pleasure to to do this with you. Likewise. So why don't you um, just begin and tell us all uh, how you decided to do this, how long you thought about it before you started your trek, and things like that. Well, I guess it started in a sense when I, I wrote a book called Systems Out of Balance, and, and that book is kind of a downer. What it does is describe the problems of large mass society. Uh, and it was academically acclaimed, but uh, it's not where I want to leave people or where I leave myself in terms of just describing uh, how things are out of balance, and rather work towards a solution of being in balance. Uh, and yes. Wait, let me ask you a question. What, how long ago did you write the book? When was it published? Uh, 2009. Okay, so it's relatively new. Okay, so you um, were at that time interested in looking at people who are out of whack or balance, and now you're doing the opposite. Yeah, well, I wasn't looking at people. I was looking at systems. So I was looking at economic systems, political systems, cultural systems, and and why they were out of whack, and out of whack in, in, in terms of being a product of large mass society. We behave differently as part of large masses than we do as part of small bands. Yes. And so, and going across the country, um, I was out to 
draw attention to kindness in the, in the context of community, uh, how people behave when they're in more of a small band community situation. Uh, and so I kept a blog uh, that described the kindness we saw, both in terms of what people did for us, but also what they did for each other in terms of some of the neat things that communities were doing. Uh-huh. Uh, and I also gave talks across the country about the virtues of community and how uh, communities can uh, rally to address issues of housing, health, and hunger. Yes. So before we get into more of that, um, give the audience and myself uh, how you decided to uh, do this. You, you had to prepare for this. You just couldn't all of a sudden one day say, I'm going to walk across <laughs> the country. You had to have a lot of uh, people aiding you at different times. Well, there's one person who aided us. I mean, I should say, I guess, that when uh, Cindy and I were young, in our in our 20s uh, and 30s, we did a lot of long-distance backpacking. So, I see. Uh, so I was experienced at organizing these kinds of long-distance trips. Uh, before this trip even started, I'd backpacked over 15,000 miles. So, oh, I see. So you're used to it. Yeah, yeah. So it did take a year to plan, but um, and it took one person to support. We had one person that was supporting my wife and I all along the journey, the the five thousand mile journey. Yeah. So when you were busy hiking, were you? Uh, did you did you have heavy backpacks on you? Well, that that depends because this hike really took a wide variety of, of forms. Uh, just as the trail we followed took a wide variety of forms, we were we were following something called the American Discovery Trail. But that trail in itself pieces together things that exist to help people discover America. So it pieces together the Santa Fe Trail, which is mainly on roads. Uh, It pieces together the Katy Trail, which is a bike path. It pieces together the Colorado Trail or the Continental Divide Trail, which are hiking trails. Okay, so so you, you reside in Connecticut, right? Yes. Okay, so were your first steps... Uh, in, the, in the trip from Connecticut or from someplace else? No, we drove out with our support to Point Reyes above San Francisco. Oh, I see. <laughs> so we started in uh, 40 miles above San Francisco. Our third day was entering San Francisco. And, and so I, I have a question. So um, I'm, I'm a very curious guy. Why did you decide to start from uh, the West Coast as opposed to the East Coast? The high home. Oh, so, I see. The attraction of hiking home. The trail itself goes from coast to coast. So we hiked from Point Reyes to um, Cape Henlopen in Delaware. But once we got to Cape Henlopen, you know, after a few thousand miles, it's a few hundred more. We hung a left and and we walked on to our our home in uh, Norfolk, Connecticut. And, you know, that's a big attraction, walking home. Well, not only a big attraction, but actually, to me, it sounds beautiful that you wanted this adventure, but you wanted to end at home. Yeah. Yeah, so there's something about being at home that feels really good. <laughs> it, it it does indeed. Yeah. Yeah. You, okay. It, after yeah. walking five thousand miles, you just want to kind of you know kick kick back a little bit in your house. Yeah. So before we go to the details of what actually happened at the very end of the trip, um, were you kind of like a couch potato for a few days? <laughs> Well, actually, in a sense, it was uh, unfortunately near the end of the hike, uh, as we were going to New Jersey, we picked up a couple of New Jersey ticks, and we had Lyme disease right at the 
right at the very end of the hike. So, so we were kind of couch potatoes in a sense for a while. We, uh, we were kind of lethargic, but, um, you know, not, not for the right reason. Uh, well, yeah. but we, you know, we, we caught the Lyme disease early and we both, we were both fully healed. It wasn't, it's not, wasn't that big a deal. Good. So, uh, if you hadn't had the Lyme disease for the, for the short amount of time, would you have been, uh, Busy walking after maybe the third day of your trip. <laughs> uh, well, we actually, I, I, I did walk. I started off um, in the summer. I actually continued a little bit with walking. To I would walk into a neighboring town uh-huh. and, and scout out some kind of kindness that, that was happening in a, a neighboring town. So I'd hike eight miles to Canaan and, and, and interview someone in Canaan and then hike 10 miles to Winstead and interview someone in Winstead. So I did that for a little while during the summer. Oh, good. So you, in a sense, you, uh, pre, you, you, uh, ahead of time for the, uh, the actual trip, you, uh, found some people who were strangers, but they weren't very, they're very far from you and you, uh, practiced on them to begin with. Oh, no, no, this was after the trip I did that. Oh, this is after the trip. Right, right. I see. I get you. Okay. Yeah. And I imagine uh, a lot of people who have heard about your trip are somewhat amazed that you did this. Cause well, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, uh, not yeah. everyone walks 5,000 miles, so yeah, people yeah, people are, are, are impressed. I mean... Uh, you know, perhaps they're more impressed than we are in a sense, because like I said, we did this in, in the twenties, and so for us, we were we were sort of turning to our passion. You know, we were yes. using our passion and for our mission. So our yes. passion is hiking for long distance, and our mission was about kindness. So we were just drawing up, tapping into our passion for the sake of our mission. Yeah. So I have one more specific question that we can get to the, the big meat of the sh- of the show. How many pairs of shoes did you wear out? <laughs> I, I laugh because that is the number one asked question. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. What's the answer? Well, for for Cindy, it was three pairs of shoes, and, and they were mainly uh, you know sneakers, you know, like New Balance running shoes was, was what we both wore. I see. And for me, it was seven pairs because you know I'm uh, I'm not as light on my feet as Cindy is. So uh, I see. Okay. Right. And I had to carry all the weight, so, you know, I, I, that's, that's why I had to go through more shoes. Yeah. And then um, one other detail before we get to the other things. So uh, for food, you either would have food in your backpack or you would stop at stores and markets or diners, all of the above? Uh, yeah, kind of all of the above, you know, once, and this is something I didn't finish with your question last time. Sometimes okay. we had a heavy pack because we were carrying a lot of food with us if we were yes. out in the middle of the wilderness. Yes. And sometimes we only carried a light day pack because we were meeting our support, you know, both at the beginning and at the end of the day. So we didn't have to carry much. Uh, yes. So sometimes we're carrying like mac and cheese that we have to cook on a cook stove. And sometimes we're just carrying snacks and, and we're, uh, you know, we stayed on a lot of church floors, and we were able to cook on a lot of church kish- kitchens. And then oh, we also uh, were invited into a lot of homes. I mean, people <laughs> people fed us pretty well <laughs> during the trip. They would invite us into their homes and feed us. Yes. So um, uh, after after the trip was done, did you lose weight or did you gain weight, or were you the same weight? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm unfortunately back to. Close to the weight I was before the trip. <laughs> I, lost, I lost 40 pounds during the course of the trip, but I, I've gained a lot of it back. 
And which was better? Which feels better, the way you are now, or the way you were when you were lighter? Uh, sort of a little bit in between. When I was at the lightest, that was when we were going across the Utah desert, and um, I was very. Thin, extremely thin because uh, thin is good when you're hiking in 100 degree heat. Yes. But really, the best body weight is is a little bit more meat on the bones, and so probably like when we we're going through Kansas and in the winter uh, in Missouri and Indiana, I weighed maybe a little a little heavier than I did in Utah. It was probably uh-huh. the best weight. Yeah, and the same with your wife. She uh, lost some weight. On the trip well, she's much better than I am. She stayed. <laughs> she she lost a little bit. I know. Maybe she lost ten pounds or something. But uh, you know, she stays in, in better shape than I do. I guess. Uh, I, yeah. I mean, I'm not in bad shape. I mean, I go work. I work out and I walk and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, but I, I got a little extra weight on me. Okay. So uh, so you're a little bit above San Francisco. You start your trip, and. Um, just uh, why don't you just take it in segments? Let's say for the first number of miles or so, the next. Uh, tell me how, like, let's say the first week or two. How was that for you? Well, at the beginning, the first it took us three weeks to go through California, and that segment is is what you would call the breaking in period. And yeah. so, and that's so that's kind of a tough period. I mean, it's not as tough for us as people who've never done this kind of thing before. Uh, but you know, you still, no matter, even if you're in really good shape starting out, yes. still your body's doing something different. You know, you're hiking for like seven hours a day, um, and, uh, your muscles need to get used yeah. to it. And not only that, I mean, take, hiking, wait, 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 take a break. We're going to take a break for a minute and we'll come back. Okay. Okay. So hang in there, everybody. All right. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Legal Shield. Total access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You're listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to Human Behavior, What a Trip. Hello, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower, back from my break. Um... 
I'm with an interesting man, Kirk Sinclair. Uh, he and his wife walked across the United States, 5,000 miles. Took them a year to do it. They enjoyed it very much. And uh, Kirk, right before we had the break for the commercial, you were talking about what? I forget exactly. The breaking in period at the start. Oh, yeah, yeah, the breaking in period. So um, it took a while to get used to walking a lot of miles, huh? Yeah, I mean, in addition to the sore muscles, there's also blisters and, you know, all sorts of little kinks you, you need to get out uh, because your body's doing something much different than, than it had been. Yeah. And there was, and, and for us, there was sort of a second breaking in period because first there was, there was California, which it was raining all the time. You know, this, this sunny California thing is a myth. Uh, you know, of our, our first 12 days, 10, 10 was rain. Yeah, well, yeah, you were in San Francisco. If you started from Southern California, it would have been different. But <laughs> well, yeah. Well, anyway, it was it was that you know even Sacramento. I mean, yes. it, it was raining all the way up until uh, we got to the Sierra Nevada. This was in 2011. Remember, so when we yeah. got to the Sierra Nevada um, on June 14th, we found out that ahead of us, we were in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada, and we found out ahead of us the minimum snowpack on June 14th. The minimum yeah. was 15 feet. So how did you how did you traverse that? We took a different route. <laughs> we, I see. We had we pieced together railroad tracks, power lines, roads, what have you, and, and we went over Donner Pass wow. uh, instead of over into in, through Squaw Valley. I see. But even the first 14 days of your walk, when it was raining, was it raining hard all all day long? Oh no, not all day long. I mean, one day the day that we had to go up and over Mount Diablo was terrible. Uh huh. Um, that was probably the worst day of the hike in in some respects. And and when you were when you were walking in the torrential rain, after a while, were you getting cold? Were you shivering at all? Uh, not not too much. I, I, I mean, you know, this was May after yeah. all, and you know, we were equipped. You know, later in the hike, we'd be hiking in in. January and December and, you know, in, in real winter. So we obviously, you know, prepared for, for colder weather. And, you know, having hiked thousands of miles before this trip, we, we were ready to, to handle being wet and stuff. So, huh? no, we, we weren't in any hypothermic danger or anything like that. You know, uh, the okay, problem with good. all the rain was it made the trail conditions really tough to negotiate. Yes. So um, before we get on to the other things, I just thought of another question. Uh, roughly... How many miles a day did you average? In the summer, uh, a, a typical day yeah. uh, was 20 miles. You know, uh -huh. Maybe a little more than 20 miles, maybe a little less, but a typical day was about 20 miles in the summer. In the winter, a typical day was 14 miles. And the reason for the big difference between the two is there's a lot more daylight in the summer than there is in the winter. So, oh, Of course, yes. Yeah, so even though we're in the mountains uh, in the summer, you know, the tough terrain, <laughs> and we were in the... Um, the easy terrain in the winter, we did a lot less miles uh, yes. in the winter because we had a lot less yeah. sunlight. So uh, when you were when you were walking, whether it was twenty miles a day or fourteen miles a day, what did you average per mile? How many minutes? Well, that depends on whether we were hiking up, you know, the Continental Divide Mountain up yeah. to thirteen thousand feet, or we were walking, uh, you know, along a Kansas road. Um, yeah. You know, any if we're wearing a heavy a heavy pack on a trail. Uh, two miles an hour if we're on a road, probably more like three and a half miles an hour, you know, we're on a road doing a, with a day pack. Yes. 
So it could have been anywhere from uh, uh, 18-minute miles to 30 or 40 or 50-minute miles. Yeah, and in fact, there was one day uh, when the trail, it was really tough to find the trail uh, because they hadn't maintained it in like in like 20 years. It yeah. took us all day to go eight miles because I was constantly using map and compass to try to, to try to find the trail, and it was very slow going. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, did you have your cell phone with you the whole time? I did, but uh, it's not usable for much oh, of that time. You know, it it was never really usable in Nevada or Utah. Uh, I see. Even some stretches in places like Kansas, it was it wasn't. Uh, uh, yes, because yeah, because it's not like there are times in which we hike through cities, but yes. in between hiking through those cities, sometimes we could be in pretty remote areas. Yeah. Um, did you ever feel like you were lost? <laughs> no, I just didn't know where I was a couple of times. Well, that's, uh, that's almost the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> no, um, I was never I was never lost in the sense of n- not knowing what to do. Yeah. Um, you know, there's I made a couple uh, some navigational errors. I mean, the the guide for the American Discovery Trail is written east to west, and we were trying to follow it west to east. Yeah. Um, and fortunately, I was sponsored by National Geographic Maps, so I, so I did plot the waypoints on those maps, and I was working yes. with those. But you know, I made a few mistakes, and the, and the worst mistake probably was the time that ended up making us do six more miles that day. Uh, but I wasn't completely lost. I mean, I knew we were heading in the wrong direction, um, and, you know, I corrected uh, where yes. we needed to go because you know, I, I have a, a pretty much a lot of experience with orientation, So I mean, orienteering. So. Yeah, good. So when you, were on the, when you were at the point of the Continental Divide, was that the very first time you'd ever been there? Oh, no. My, my wife and I hiked the Continental Divide. Uh, in 1985, so that was a 3,000-mile hike that went from Canada to Mexico all along the, the Rocky Mountains along I the see. Continental Divide. Yeah, I was, on, I was on the Continental Divide one time, and uh, I was very, I was very uh, drawn by the starkness of the fact that the water's either going to go east or west right there. Yeah, that's neat. There is one point on the Continental Divide in which you can go three different ways, I think. Oh, uh, really? I didn't know Yeah, that. up in Montana, up in I Glacier see. National Park, I think there's a point where it it goes to the Arctic Ocean or something. Yeah. Okay. So back to the trip. So you're walking. Um, you're a couple of weeks away from uh, Northern California, and um, by this time you've already started visiting with people, right? Talking to people. Oh yeah, we got to visit with people. You know, right from the start. Uh, on day on day three, you know, before the trip started, I contacted Lions Clubs for speaking engagements and. On day three, a Lions Club in San Francisco put us up in a hotel. And on day uh, five, four or five, um, some uh, some people who had hiked the American Discovery Trail before lived in the area, and they learned what we were doing, and we stayed with them for a couple of days. So, you know, it started right off the bat, really. I mean, we didn't we didn't see as many people uh, in the beginning part of the trip as we did later on because uh, we were breaking in and we got into Nevada and Utah, and you just don't see a lot of people in Nevada or Utah. Especially um, during the daytime when it's hot. 
Yeah, yeah. Though, though there was, uh, I have to say, now as I mentioned before, we we had the second breaking in period, and that was going through the desert, uh, Nevada and Utah. You know, we had broken in already in terms of muscles and and hiking and what have you. But man, we we had to break in again in terms of uh, acclimatizing ourselves to the heat. Yeah. I, when we were in eastern Utah, we were hiking in a hundred plus degree heat for for three weeks. When, uh, when, when you were hiking in the desert for three weeks, you were you were walking next to the the edge of the highway or the road, right? We were, yes. Yeah. So I would imagine there were people who waved to you, and some even probably stopped and offered to give you a ride. Uh, if we were on a paved road, that wasn't likely to happen as much as if we were on a dirt road. I mean, Why is one, that? Um, Why is that? Because people are driving fast on a paved road. Oh, I and see. They're, so they and and they're more in a hurry. And, and on a dirt road, they're more likely, and they're less likely to be in a hurry. I see. And so did at times you take uh, people giving you a ride? Did you do that? Oh, no. No. Huh. Okay. No, we... I mean, we had support, so if we needed to get off the trail to go get groceries or stuff like that, we had a person that could could help us out with that. But we'd always go back to the spot where we left off. I mean, we had to. There I see. Were two, I there were two yeah. rules. You already heard that we didn't hike the American Discovery Trail precisely because of, of the snow conditions, and yeah. and actually, no one. Uh, to my knowledge, no one has ever successfully hiked the whole trail because there's just problems with following it. Yes. Uh, so our two biggest rules, two rules, one, it had to be at least 5,000 miles. Yeah. And uh, it had to be continuous. Yes. So those two rules were, were maintained. Good. So um, I want to also, I want to hear more about your, 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 your uh, observations and what happened. But I know that you are very interested in kindness, and I am too. So I want to hear more about that. But before we go to the kindness... I don't know if this has happened to you in any of your long treks, but for me as a uh, bike rider, bicycle rider, and as a runner, there have been times when people have thrown things at me, either water or cans or, you know. So have, have you ever had that happen to you? No, there was one. There's a, there's a handful of negative experiences. Uh, uh-huh. none, of them, none of them as bad as what you described. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the worst experience was probably it was on a forest service road and, and, uh, a guy was in a pickup truck, but it was a beat up road and he couldn't go any faster than we were. <laughs> uh-huh. and, and he had a few choice words about how dumb we were walking. Uh, but then again, he couldn't go any faster than we were. So, uh, but, um, that was well, the worst it, experience of the whole thing. So when he, when he was telling you how you were dumb, was he saying it in a, a pejorative way, or was he oh, just yeah. kind of teasing? Yeah, he was saying. Well, and he wasn't saying it to us. His his window was rolled up, so you could hear him, and he was like muttering uh, oh, under his breath about us. <laughs> yeah, but, but that that was the worst experience of the whole trip. I mean, you know, kindness. You know, one thing we were we were going out looking for kindness, and you know, we were kind ourselves. I mean, we 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 do things to make people feel at home you know, in so, terms of our, our, our approach and our presentation. So what are some of the things you – give us some vignettes of how you were kind to them and how they responded to you. 
Well, I think one thing, I'm truly interested in people. I mean, I like yeah. people. I think that, that comes across. I like all kinds of people, and I, uh-huh. I think that comes across right away. And, you know, that's verified when I go across and I'm interviewing people. You know, on my website or on my YouTube channel, the Hiking Humanitarian YouTube channel, there's all sorts of podcasts for me interviewing people. Oh, and I so see. I think people can sense that, uh, you know, I don't care who they are. I like them. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're coming up to another break. So we'll return in a, in a short amount of time. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower and he can give you some more information. 805-535-5111. That's 805-535-5111. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to Human Behavior, What a Trip! Hi, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower, back with Human Behavior, What a Trip! And we're having a big trip talking about the trip with my guest, Kirk Sinclair. And also, Kirk, I want to uh, bring Cindy into this too because she's your wife and she was doing this also. And I was uh, during the uh, break we had for the commercials, I was wondering if um, in some ways uh, the way you or your wife would be speaking with people would be a little bit different since you're a male and she's a female and how they responded perhaps a little bit differently to you, each because of your, of your gender and your own personalities. Tell me about that part. Oh, yeah, I think that helps. You know, uh, the husband and wife team, in, in particular, uh, how we look uh, as well, I'll give you a hint on how we look. Uh, in, in Kansas, uh, a, a pastor t- took us out to dinner in Great Bend, Kansas, and said people have been telling them they saw an old man and a young blonde walking into town. yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so, and, and in Missouri, a guy pulls over, wants to know what we're doing, and asks me if I'm hiking with my daughter. Uh, and so, you know, we had this appearance of a, well, of an old man and a young blonde, 
uh, we're actually uh, close to the same age. Uh, yeah. But you know, it's, it, yeah, certainly that's that's an appearance that's going to draw some kind of. It's not going to draw any animosity, that's for sure. An, an old man and a young bond. I'm not an old man, by the way. That's just. A, how old? Are, how old are you? I'm 58. And how old is your wife? 52. Okay, so she looks a lot younger than 52, and you look about 58. Yeah, that's it. That's it, right? No, no. Actually, I looked older because as we hiked across the country, I grew this beard longer and longer, and it was a white beard. And <laughs> by the time we got to Maryland, a guy, a 75-year-old man, asked me if I was 70. Oh, really? I mean, I'm glad the hike stopped when it did, or, you know, people would have thought I was hiking with my granddaughter, so. Yeah. So you so you interacted with uh, adults, adolescents, young children, all ages, right? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you remember any particular uh, vignettes with certain people that stand out to you? Well, if I, if I may, I'd, I'd like to share what I thought was the most inspiring uh, kindness. Um, please, please go ahead and do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. It came from a 10 year old boy. Uh-huh. Uh, and his name is, is Ethan Rose. And, and there's a podcast for it, uh, uh, on my channel, or you can see it from my website, but, um, <clears throat> Ethan went to his first baseball game last, well, this would be what's now two summers ago, uh, summer uh-huh. of 2011. He uh-huh. went to to a Cincinnati Reds ball game. He's from Indiana, not too far from Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, and after the game, they stayed at a hotel. He and his parents stayed at a hotel. And on their uh-huh. way to the hotel from the game, Ethan saw his first homeless person ever. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I interviewed both Ethan and his mom, and they tell the story a little bit different. Ethan said, uh, his mom said that when they got back to the room, Ethan just cried for an hour. I mean, they oh couldn't my. they couldn't console him. He was so so upset over seeing a, home, a homeless person. Ethan's yes. version of the story it was that he might have shed a tear. Uh, but uh, in any case, uh, Ethan didn't leave it there. Um, he got his church to uh, sponsor a homeless shelter in Evansville, Indiana, uh-huh. um, and raising money and getting clothes for it. And he didn't stop there either. And his pastor, I talked to his pastor as well. His pastor didn't even know this, but he, he started, this 10-year-old started going on this letter-writing campaign. He wrote to churches all all around his area, uh, you know, Saying this is a ch- join the children's crusade to help the homeless, you know, he, yes. it was just as if he was a five hundred one c three, you know, uh, self appointed nonprofit, and uh, he within like two months he he raised five thousand dollars for the homeless. This this story is fantastic. I'm getting goosebumps here listening to you. This is a great kid. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, is- and you know, there's a couple things about that. You know, the youth. Um, youth aren't as jaded as we are. I mean, uh, they're probably more jaded now than when we were growing up as a kid, but they're still a lot less jaded than uh, many adults are. You know, they're, they're too young to know that we're that you, you, know, you can't just go out and help anyone you want, you know? Yes. So do you think Ethan Rose is someone you're going to stay in touch with over the years? Uh, actually, I'm, I'm stayed in touch with his pastor. I mean, you know, Ethan is 10 and... Yeah, I mean, uh, but I, I've stayed in touch with this pastor. Good. And what does this pastor tell you about Ethan? Well, I, just what it sounds from the story. I mean, Ethan yeah. is a go-getter. He's, uh, you know, he doesn't take, you know, if he thinks something should be done, he does it. Uh, yes. 
but there's go-getters who can be kind. There's go-getters who can be unkind. Oh, yeah. He's, well, he, he's a kind guy. That's yeah. great. So I assume... Uh, Deeply empathic young boy. Yeah. So I would assume his parents were also very kind with him and very loving towards him, too. Oh, yeah. I would think yeah. so as well. Yeah. yeah. That's a great story. Yeah. By the way, before we go on, as you're telling me about this uh, adventure of yours, it seems to me it could be a good movie. <laughs> so, well, I'd be satisfied if I can get a book out of it. I'm writing no, a book. I'm, I'm, I'm lobbying that you do both. Get the book done and then get the movie done. Yeah. Okay, all right. I, really, I think it would be a great movie. Ah, well. I, mean, I, I love it. So uh, I, I don't know if I've told you, but... Uh, I like, well, my big thing is human behavior, and I don't know where you reside in Connecticut. Do, do they have Costco stores where you are? Uh, the corollary to that is BJ's, where we are. Okay, so I, where I am, it's Costco's, and I like going to this Costco store near my house, and I like going there on the weekends when it's really crowded, and I get to watch people, and I get to talk with them, and it's just a lot of fun, mm. and... Uh, so you're doing this, the same thing, except you you weren't in a store. You were outside for 5,000 miles. Yeah, I'm in so, the mobile uh, unit. Yeah, I really think the book would be great, and I think the movie would be great. So uh, I'll probably nudge you a bit from from now on to be sure you do that. Oh, great. Well, I am. Uh, I put chat. I am. I'm on chapter 16 now uh, in writing up the journey. How many uh, chapters do you think you're going to have? I put chapters on the internet as I finish them. How many chapters do you think you're going to have? Uh, about. 32, I think. So you're about halfway done. Yeah. And roughly how long has it taken you to write the first 16 chapters? Uh, half a year. I see. So another half a year you'll have it done. Yeah, yeah. And or, then, you know, if I persuade an agent to, to want it, I can finish it faster. But uh, until yeah. someone demands it, you know, the pace I'm working on is, is you yeah. know, a chapter yeah. a week or so. So, so when... Two weeks. when when you're writing this this uh, book, are you enjoying the writing? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, sometimes I, I get even a little emotional. You know, uh, good. And when, was, and when you say emotional, which emotions come up? Oh, just um, you know what a wonderful experience it was. Um, you know to see. To talk to so many wonderful people and yes. and and see so many kind things, uh, to see yes. the good side of of human behavior. I mean, I'm not naive. I know there's both sides. Yes. But once again, like I said before, it, you, you'll tend to go to that which you're looking for. I mean, if you look for trouble, you, you'll tend to find trouble. If you, if you look for kindness in people, you'll tend to find it. Yes. So uh, give us some, a few other vignettes of uh, people you remembered that had a big impact on you. Well, I'd like to, if I may, share what stuck out my mind most in terms of community now. Go right ahead. Do it any way you want. And that is uh, when we were in Colorado. My favorite quote of the whole, well, I should say who gave the quote. Uh, I stopped in at a community meals program in Lidville, Colorado. Uh-huh. Uh, and I talked to the director, the person in charge of it. And she said that her goal, well, their goal, their goal for the community meals program was to, my favorite quote of the whole trip, ready for it? Okay. I'm ready. It's, quote, to confuse who is giving and who is receiving, unquote. Uh-huh. 
I mean, I, that came into my talks for the rest of the trip. I mean, my favorite quote from the whole trip, quote, confuse who is giving and who is receiving, unquote. And how they did that with the community meals program was, uh, you know, they got food the way many community meals program or food pantries do. You know, they got excess from supermarkets. They got donations. They got grants for the program, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. But with the food in hand, then what they did was with intention, with direct intention, they got people from all walks of life involved uh, in the preparation. So the more fortunate, the less fortunate, you know, both involved in the preparation. Uh-huh. There was a rule that if you prepared the meals, you had to sit down with the people who came to eat the meals. Yes. And now the third thing here was direct intention. They made sure people from all walks of life came to eat the meals. So the mayor yes. came to the meals on a regular basis. There, It was four lunches a week. And the mayor came on a regular basis. Uh, professors at Leadville uh, at the Mountain College there came. Uh, students came. Uh, I guess they could be less fortunate as well, I guess. But, uh-huh. you know, the, the point being, they, the, both the more and the less fortunate both uh, came to eat the meals, they came, they came to prepare the meals, and they sat down to break bread together. Great. So it was indeed, you know, a, an experience where, quote, confused who is giving and who is receiving, unquote. And that's, that's the foundation. You know, when I give my talks now, I say there's a few ingredients to community, but that's the foundation right there. there there's a oneness. Uh, involved, yeah. that it's not, you know, just the, the more fortunate doing stuff for the less fortunate, but everyone in it, in it together. Yeah, that sounds beautiful. I'm, I'm curious how many people would be in, during these meals? Would it be 50, 60, 20? What would it be? Uh, well, when we were there, uh, yeah. that, I, I, let me guess 30. The day that we were there, the, the, I see. You know, this is in Leadville. I, you know, it's not like it's New York or something. So I don't know. Yeah. So I'd imagine that every, most everybody, if not everybody, there was uh, enjoying it and and having a good time being with the people as well as eating the food. Right. Yeah, that sounds great. It, well, it was a definitely it was a community meals program. So the point is being community as much as you know addressing food issues. Yes. Well, that sounds great. We're coming close to uh, time for the last break, so we shall um, come back in a minute or so and hear more of the story. All right. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Legal Shield. Total Access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. You're listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip, with Dr. Jonathan Brower. 
If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to human behavior. What a trip. Hi, everybody. We're back to human behavior. What a trip. A trip that took 5,000 miles with Kirk and Cindy and Sinclair. Now we're, we're going in the home stretch for the last uh, 12 or 13 minutes. So, uh, so you had this wonderful community meals program. And um, tell us another story or two about. Uh, incidences that happened with community or whatever where you want to look at it where you had contact with people and it was a feel-good experience and people were helping each other and uh, being kind and actually loving each other even though they may not have used those words. <laughs> well, there's one day of the trip that I've uh, finally looked back on and called Trail Angel Day. Now, Trail Angel to a person who likes the Appalachian Trail, they know they know what that means. You know, there are people who just come out and do things for you. Yes. Uh, you know, just unexpected. You know, it just happens. Uh, and any kind of long-distance traveler, you probably experienced it maybe biting. I know you had some bad experiences, but there's also good experiences with people long-distance travelers. Things just yes. seem to happen. Yes. And so uh, we had a day in which we called Trail Angel Day, and, and to set the table on it, it was it was a day in Nevada, a day in which we you normally wouldn't see many people because we were about to head out in the wilderness in Nevada, but it happened to be the 4th of July weekend, uh-huh. and there also happened to be a heat wave, uh, and we're like in the wilderness and in the desert sort of thing. Yeah. Um and I happened to actually just recently had a, a virus sort of thing as I was hiking, so I probably looked pretty pathetic anyway. Yes. But uh, that whole day, people, you know, in their, in their uh, four-wheelers and uh, dune buggies or what have you, uh, all day long people stopped to do things, to ask about us, to help us out, to give us Gatorade, to give us water, to give us beef jerky, to give us soda. Uh, one person gave us 20 bucks. I mean, uh, all day long, people were stopping uh, yes. to because here they saw two people just hiking out in the in the Nevada wilderness uh, in a heat wave, and they said, boy, you know, yes. we, we want to check up on these people. And, I mean, that's the kind of thing I mentioned before, on a paved road, you don't. We don't get that all the time because people are in a hurry in a paved road. But yes, you know, if people aren't in a hurry, I mean, that's one of the things. That's one of the impediments to kindness is being in a hurry. Um, but if you're not in a hurry, um, and you see some people who look like they might need a, a little help, I, I mean, we didn't really need that much help, but we didn't refuse any of it either. You know, yes. uh, and people just kept stopping and helping us all throughout the day. Yeah, I would imagine when you're taking these long walks every day, um, that at some points you would just sit on the ground or sit on a rock because you would need a rest. And then uh, when you're sitting or on the ground, people uh, might be more prone to uh, wanting to help you if you needed help than if you were just walking. Well, actually, uh, it all happened while we were walking, Um, you know, because we're more visible walking, especially out there. If if we find any kind of tree, we're going to sit under it, uh, so it would be harder to see. I see. Um, so it was all while walking. Now, having said that, there was another point 
in Nevada, uh, getting close to Ely, and we we were on a paved road as we were getting close into Ely, and I've you know I've hiked for thousands of miles, but I saw my first scorpion ever, and I said, "Holy cow! I gotta get good pictures of this." So I'm lying on the road to get a good picture of the scorpion on the road, and so someone stopped to ask to see that I was okay. You know, he saw me lying on the road. And he, yes. So this, I thought you were going to tell me the scorpion ended up walking on your face or something. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. No, I got a good picture of it, though. Oh, speaking of uh, venomous animals, uh, did you have any problems with rattlesnakes during this trip? Oh, no problems. I mean, we, we encountered, I took a few pictures of rattlesnakes, but uh, rattlesnakes don't really... Uh, it's funny. There's 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 an, uh, a funny statistic out there that the majority of women... Uh, get rattlesnake bites on their legs. Yeah. Uh, major, uh, majority of men get more rattlesnake bites on their arms, which doesn't speak well for our species, but I, I mean yeah. our gender. But, <laughs> yes. but uh, you know, I don't go and try to grab rattlesnakes. I just take pictures of them, and, and basically they, uh, you know, unless you were to, to walk on one, they're not going to, you know, they're more scared of us than we are of them. Well, Of course, yeah. So what just occurred to me, do you ever watch uh, on TV Nat Geo Wild? Uh, I've never watched it on TV. I've seen some clips here and there. Okay, well, the point I'm getting at is, so when you see these nature shows, um, human beings are busy filming them <laughs> because the animals can't film, you know, their species themselves. Right. So, um, I wonder how it would have been for you if on your, uh, 5,000 mile trip, if you would have had a camera crew with you, huh. if that would have enhanced things for people or, or not. What do you think? Uh, enhance things for people. Uh, oh, well, for the, let's say, let's say this met. was going to be on TV, and then the people could you know see your what goes on with your daily trek. You know, I, I, it would, I think it would be good. I mean, after all, that's why I kept the blog to draw attention yeah. to kindness. And of course, we're we're a video society now. So if there was a, you know, yeah. if there was a special like crocodile, you know, croc, the crocodile thing or what have you, but the kindness show or what have you, and like you said, certainly I think that that could help it. I mean, yeah, yeah to draw attention to it. Uh, you know, as far as us experiencing it, if any, you know, I don't think a camera. To the extent that a, that a video camera would induce more kindness, it's more of a false kind of kindness. You know what uh-huh. I'm saying? I mean, kindness, you know, what I was uh, mentioned to you earlier, uh, the kind of kindness we were interested in is what I call natural kindness. That under yes. the right kind of conditions, get rid of the hurry, get rid of, uh, you know, the large mass anonymity or what have you, and people just meeting each other in the right kind of conditions, it's kind of normal. Yes. Um, but if people are, are you know... Uh, Showing off for the camera, then it's not so normal anymore. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah, yeah. The camera changes things. So, yeah. um, during this trip, were there any people that you really liked and you stayed in touch with? Oh yeah, I mean, not not as uh, well as I could. For one thing, there's hundreds of people. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have an email list now that's that's hundreds. Yeah. Uh, of of people that you know there was some real connection with, uh-huh. um, uh, and I'd what I'd like to do is um, you know when the book is ready I'd like to do a book tour in which we we retrace our roots you know and I know there'd be a lot of people out there eager for us to to drop in and, and do some kind of book signing where they are so I'd love to do a book tour like that retracing our roots oh that'd be great yeah.
Yeah. So um, do you think you're going to do these kind of trips again? Or is this a, you, another trip where you go, let's say, from uh, uh, Mexico to um, uh, Minnesota or something? <laughs> Well, I, I could tell I could tell you what my pipe dream is right now. I mean, oh, tell me, I like that. Oh, okay. Well, what's your pipe dream? I, I'd like to. Uh, I've done twenty thousand miles of backpacking, but it's all been in this country. I'd like to. Uh, hike, I'd like to do um, non-motorized travel. I won't say always walking, but non-motorized travel around the world, retracing human migration routes and looking oh, that, at our roots of kindness and community. That's great. I love. I'm. I'm I. Uh, I get really excited about migration, huge migrations, especially human migrations. Uh, so you the, probably know about the haploid maps that they've made and that kind of stuff. That I mean, they're, they're able, by using mitochondrial DNA, to, to, to sort of retrace what our migration route had been from Adam and Eve, so to speak. Uh, yeah, onto. I wish we had video of all that to watch. That would be <laughs> so fantastic. So, so you yeah, well, really are an adventurer. So, in addition to wanting kindness, you also want adventure. Oh yeah! I, like I said, uh, with this trip was a was a thing of combining our passion, which is outdoor adventure, yes. with our mission, which is kindness and community. Yes. So, when you, when you and your wife were on this trip, were there moments where you were cranky with each other? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, a little bit, but not not much. The surprise, something, something that surprises people until until we tell them, and then it's obvious. Uh, we don't really talk to each other. I mean, because what are we going to talk to each other about? You know, what did you see today, honey? Uh, you know, well, the same thing you saw. You know, what did you do today? The same exact same thing you did. So there's not, there's not really a whole lot to talk about, and I guess maybe that keeps maybe that keeps things down. Uh, I guess, but you know, but we you, got a lot. But you, well. but you spent some time talking with each other while you were walking. I imagine not, it wasn't. Not a whole heck not a whole heck of a lot. A little bit, but not not really a whole lot. Okay. And you both were fine with it the way it was then. That's oh yeah. Good. Oh yeah. That's good. So we have about two minutes till we end. Uh what would you like to get in in the last two minutes that we haven't talked about yet? By the way, this has gone by way too fast. But it is what it is. Anything you want to mention in the next two minutes? I did. Uh, I mentioned there was a few ingredients uh, to a successful community initiative, and I'd like to share that with people. Well, I Please do. I'd also like to say, if you Google hiking humanitarian, you'll come up to a lot of different things. I'd love it if people visited my website, uh, www.hikinghumanitarian.com. I I still put up some kindness posts here and there. I, I when I'm done with a chapter, I put it up on there as well as I put it on on Scribd on the internet. Okay. Uh, uh, for one more, give us your website again, but say it more slowly so everybody can. Okay, it's www. Yeah. Dot hiking humanitarian. Hiking. Humanitarian. Yeah, I'm just spelling it out. So, humanitarian. Yeah. Yep. Dot com. Dot com. You know, but if you Google hiking humanitarian, uh, anything that comes up <laughs> is going to be me. I mean, there's there's not a lot of hiking humanitarians out there. Okay, uh, so hopefully a lot of people will. I know about you because of your website, because of the books coming out, and then hopefully the movie that comes out. <laughs> it's going to be great. I'm going to have to contact you about about the movie thing, you know, get you on my camp here. I'll be happy to be on your camp. <laughs> I've had some other guys and gals on my show, and I think they should have movies too. All right. So, their stories are really great. So uh, we have 30 seconds. I want to tell you this has been an absolute 
pleasure talking with you. Uh, I've enjoyed every second of it, and I could do this with you for another three hours, I'm sure. Because I, I have all kinds of questions, detailed questions, big, you know, scope questions. So uh, it's been great having you as a guest, and I'm going to stay in touch with you, and uh, I'll talk to you in the very near future. All right. Well, thank you, Jonathan, for the opportunity, and it was really a pleasure. I had fun. Me too. Thank you so much, and thank tell your wife. Uh, thank for her too. Thank okay, you. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Bye bye. Thank you again for listening today. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Human Behavior, What a Trip with Dr. Jonathan Brower on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have fun experiencing your human behavior. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.